Welcome, everybody, to episode 11 of Sports Nuts and Beer Guts. We are here with your usual cast of characters. I've got Chris Collette. Chris, how goes it? It's going pretty good. No complaints on my end. And we've got Matt Hickman. Matt. Good evening, everybody. Well, guys, let's start like we do every every week um, with what are you drinking? But before we do, I just need to know. I don't know what's gotten into me, but I have been on a fishing kick the last uh, the last week or so. Uh, I've been slaying oh. some bass out back. Oh, really? I have. And since the Facebook group is starting to pick up, if you guys have any fishing tips, I will take them. I don't know why I chose beginning of fall to start slaying bass, but it's, it's been my jam. So any tips hit me up, uh, sports nuts pod on the Twitter or our Facebook group. It's been pretty active. Chris, tell everybody what you're drinking this week. Uh, I am drinking the unofficial official drink of the sports nuts and beer guts podcast, the dugout. (laughs) The dugout. Got some uh, Tito's vodka and uh, diet seven up. Still trying to watch that figure. Not eating like it, but uh, it is. It doesn't what it is. change that it's Tito's. It doesn't have to be Sky to be a dugout. Oh, it's just vodka. I mean, it could be Taco for all all intents and purposes. Oh, okay. Just just put some vodka, some Diet Seven Up. It's about four parts vodka, one part uh, Diet Seven Up. And you got a dugout. Go. Have right. you ever Have you ever drank one of these in a dugout? Um. Wow, that's a good question. I mean, not with Diet 7 Up. I have had Buck in a dugout. I mean, I did play beer league softball for way too many years. So <laughs> The fact uh, that you had to stop and think about whether or not you'd had vodka with Sprite in a dugout was <laughs> telling. Take yeah. me, what are you drinking this week? All right, so tonight I'm going to try my first sip of a beverage sponsored by our good friend Andy Hicks. He gave us a Natural Light Catalina Lime Mixer Seltzer. Uh, good, clever name. All right, I'll give it that. So I'm going to try my first sip of a Catalina Lime Mixer Seltzer. That is awful. <laughs> yes. I, I feel like if Myrtle Beach were embodied in a beverage, it would be this. Oh, well, That's I'm bad. glad to hear. I'm glad to hear you say that because Andy comes over to my house to watch Monday Night Football most Mondays. And he said he'd leave one for me as long as I promised to drink it on the podcast. About half an hour ago, I cracked one open. Oh. And first of all, I don't do seltzers. Um, but there is something about that that just tastes like straight cough syrup and not the good kind, like the kind you had as a kid that would choke you on the way down. So I'm going with a, a bourbon, uh, Eagle Rare 10-year bourbon that I'm going with tonight because – I could not handle the Catalina Lime Mixer tonight. Hickman's oh, faces are wonderful. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this is, I mean, it, it was truly terrible. Um, and I like seltzers, and I love cherry limeade. So this is quite quite a feat. It's got that very harsh uh, artificial cherry flavor, and oh, it managed to, to pair it with the bitterness of lime without any of lime the lime flavor. And then adds the deadness of carbonated water without flavor. So, oh, it's bad. My official review. Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely bad. But I gave it to the wife, and she liked it. Oh. So, there we go. 
Chris, before we get into our Making Sense of the Week segment, anything else you need to add this week? Yeah, I got to plug a podcast. Shout out to uh, the One Lane Road podcast. It's two guys. I'm going to call it Hermitage Springs. I have no clue where the hell they're from. Uh, maybe a 40-minute drive from Cookville, middle of nowhere. Um, you couldn't find it on a map. You can't get there from just any which way. You just have to kind of stumble your way that direction. They uh, they basically shoot the shit for a couple of hours every, uh, usually every Sunday night. And uh, they tend to talk uh, real country music, stuff that I like, stuff that Logan even listens to every once in a while. Some Tyler Childers, some Sturgill. There we go, all those Kentucky um, boys. Uh, yeah, all those Kentucky boys. Uh, but yeah, give the, give them a listen. One Lane Road podcast. Um, it's Lucas and DK. It's a good listen. So shout out to them. They gave us a shout out probably two months ago, and uh, finally returning the favor. Took me long enough. <laughs> you are a good friend, Christopher. All right, well let's jump into it, boys. Let's make sense of the week. Our Making Sense of the Week segment is sponsored by Edward Jones. Edward Jones Advisors can help work with you to help you understand the impact of short-term events and how to be positioned for the long term. Edward Jones provides the tools for a reasoned, disciplined approach to investing. Call 865-988-7560 to schedule a face-to-face appointment today. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SPIC. All right, big story this week. There was a tweet that was sent. Um, NBA was not a big fan of it. Houston Rockets GM, Mr. Morey, sent out a tweet uh, supporting the democracy efforts of Hong Kong, and that did not seem to go over so well. Hickman, make sense of this for us. You're a world traveler. What is going on here? I've been places. That doesn't mean I know anything about the places to which I've been. <laughs> That's what she said. Uh, <laughs> what? Wow, taking some liberties right off the bat there. Um, I, I mean, the obviously it's a complicated political situation. However, it shouldn't be controversial when someone supports democracy, right? Uh, uh, especially not in this country. Well, that's that's my that's my my point. Um, so it, it all comes down to to money. I believe what you you told us, Logan, that half of the NBA's revenue comes from China. Is that correct? Well, so the NBA last year generated um, almost eight million or eight billion. It was like seven point eight billion dollars, but NBA China, which is a separate entity, oh, gotcha. Okay, generated four billion dollars. Um, so a staggering amount, still. Yeah, so still not necessarily half the revenue, but okay. I mean, it's basically a third. You, you combine them, yeah. The okay, so so I would venture to say if this was a tweet about you know. NBA Botswana, there would not be the same issue. Uh, uh, it's very true. So, so that's the that's the frustrating thing. I mean, um, you know, Silver said that he could he supported free speech, which I mean, how what, what kind of I comment mean, is that? Like, does he support free speech? Like a Donald Sterling? To be to be fair, are you talking about his message in the United States or his message to China? Well, again, that's vague. Did two different s- things. Did you see the two different ones? I did not see that. Yeah. So again, I don't know why people think they can get away with this in the technology age of today. Get out it's of here. Always coming out. But yeah. So he sent a uh, basically a letter that he submitted to the U.S. that was very PC. It was very much like we support 
democracy. We support um, our, our owners and our general managers, and we want what's best over there in Hong Kong. Well, the message that went out over to NBA China over in Hong Kong was a straight-up apology of, sorry this guy ever said this. Uh, <laughs> I just don't get it. Chris, what's going on here? Um, it's it's kind of crazy. It, it's I don't know how to start with this. It sucks. Um, Daryl Morey's probably going to lose his job over this. Um, I don't know many many people that can lose a company uh, a billion with the start with a B and keep their <laughs> job. Uh, Daryl Morey's a great GM. I would argue he's probably the best general manager in basketball today. Uh, I looked up his record since he's been with the Rockets. They've never had a losing record, which is kind of remarkable considering. Huh. Uh, in the NBA, you're either good or you're tanking. He's never had to actually go full out tank. Uh, good GM. I don't think there's anything wrong with what he said, but it pissed off the wrong people, and it it kind of is what it is. Everything comes down to the dollar bill. Uh, yeah. Pretty much anybody's job. I mean, if you're making your company money, you're probably going to have some job security. If you're losing your company money, you're probably uh, – you're probably on the hot seat, so especially well, when think, it comes to this. It's, yeah, and I think it really it stings a little bit coming from him because of how tied the Rockets are to China. Yeah, which, the, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I assume that's the most all popular be, team in China, right? Yeah, I assume second it's, most, yeah, <laughs> second most popular. I don't know what the most popular one is. Warriors. No, whoever, LeBron, whoever LeBron's playing for would be my guess. <laughs> that's been like four different teams, right? Yeah, I assume it was the Warriors, but I, I mean, I know even back in the day when Kentucky had old Chuck Hayes playing um, for the Rockets, his shoe deal was a Chinese shoe deal. All of his endorsements were Chinese endorsements. Um, so they're they're a big team over there again. I assume because of Yao Ming, but it it does not look good. You've got your your usual suspects are staying quiet on this, and then ruffling a bunch of feathers. Your Steve Kerr. Um, your Greg Popovich's of the world aren't, aren't really saying a whole lot. That's ruffling some, some feathers. So I do think this is a big issue, but I also think with politically what's going on in China, this is going to be a bigger issue just for corporations here in America because of the almighty dollar, as, as Chris mentioned there. Well, let's talk about something a little bit more fun here, boys. I don't oh, know yeah. if you all saw Kansas decided to go. I don't know what they call it, Midnight Madness, the Kansas Hoedown, whatever it was there in the fog, where they decided to bring in Snoop Dogg, who did decided to bring in strippers, or as they called them, acrobatic dancers, <laughs> money guns, and a mascot that was dressed like a dog smoking what was unarguably a giant blunt. Kid you not, this is all going on while Kansas has um, been put under the knife by the NCAA with one charge, quote, lack of institutional control. Now, Kansas has come out saying they didn't know this was going on. They didn't know what to expect. They thought this would be more, they thought this would be the family-friendly version of Snoop Dogg. It probably yes. was. That's Well, I've heard that this may have actually been the family-friendly version, but Chris, is Kansas just giving middle fingers to the NCAA about this? Um, at first, I thought they were giving middle fingers, and then they backtracked so fast. I was just like, come on, now you have to own it. I mean, if you're inviting Snoop Dogg, you got the strippers, you got the blunt blowing. Um, the money guns because you money paid guns. players. <laughs> um, 
And and it's funny because the money gun shot off like towards the Kansas players, which is just can't make that up. <laughs> um, it was fabulous, wonderful. I don't have a problem with it, but I mean they they backpedaled so fast. Apparently, uh, other people do. The NCAA. I mean, if you're gonna get screwed by the NCAA, you might as well just go up with two middle fingers up, just going, <laughs> "We're doing whatever we want at this point." Chris, you said that they invited Snoop Dogg. Do you know how Snoop Dogg got there to Kansas? I do not. Their Adidas agent is the one who contacted them to say, hey, we can get Snoop Dogg. Are you interested? Uh, now, they're still in Adidas school? <laughs> they are still in Adidas school. They still love Adidas. Uh, Hickman, you're a big fan of an Adidas school. What's going on at Kansas? Time out, time out, time out. We're Nike. Yeah. 2019, we're Nike. Oh, my bad. Go back to Adidas if it would bring that era back. But anyway. um, I don't miss those jerseys, though. What, the nice orange ones? Adidas jerseys? Yeah, awful. Big numbers. Anyway, um, my favorite part of it is Kansas is accused of lack of institutional control. Something crazy happens at their campus that they're at their know, biggest issue yeah probably and, the biggest event in the fall on campus the biggest of yeah and their response is oh we didn't know is that not like the definition of lack of institutional <laughs> control the fact that you don't know what's going on if i had employees that wrecked trucks or hired strippers or whatever and my response was oh man i just didn't know i think i would be charged with a lack of control of my you know job or my company or whatever so i, I don't know i just love that defense that's kind of how nick saban ended up at alabama oh mike price reference mike oh man <laughs> take it back i just i just feel like i mean they had to do some sort of sound check some sort of rehearsal I mean, some equipment manager had to see six stripper poles sitting, you know, in the locker room at some point and say, what's going on here, guys? I mean, I, stop it. time out, time out. I, I was a manager at one time for a bas- college basketball team. You think I was going to stop that? <laughs> no, I zero <laughs> to be corrected. The former Bible, Bible college um, alum, I would not expect to stop that. Chris, we'll need you to get the glitter. All right, coach. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what Kansas is doing here, but I do think it's super funny, and I hope they get hammered for it. All right, next up, Chris, tell us, evidently you have here, um, there are two winner-take-all games tomorrow night. I assume this is uh, first round of the baseball playoffs. Are these Big five five, uh, five game or seven-game series? Oh, it's, it's game five, so five-game series. Nice. And we got the Braves Cardinals, Dodgers Nationals. This is easy peasy, lemon squeezy, uh, dating back to the 1990s. I got to go for the Braves. and They're going to win because they used to have Greg Maddox back in the day. And that's going to lead them to victory. Does that sound logic, Chris? Uh, it's great logic, actually. Um, Boom. I think the Braves are going to win. Um, the Braves have faulty. They've freed in the bullpen. The Cardinals have Flaherty. Uh, it's been a great series. It's been a series that the Braves really could have won all four games. And the Cardinals, likewise, probably could have pulled out all four games, too. Uh, really close series. Um, friend Douglas, friend of the podcast, absolute loser, is going to the game. 
he uh, did invite me, so I can't really complain too much. But well, he didn't invite me, so Doug, you are one pathetic loser. Well, you'll be, you'll be, you'll appreciate this. So I text him whenever the Cardinals got the final out, uh, whatever day it was, Monday, and I go, Douglas Finney's four o'clock Wednesday. Let's do it. Y'all's favorite bar in Cookville. True. Shout and, out to Vinny. Yeah. And he goes, uh, I think I'm going to go to the game instead. <laughs> and I was like. That's a power cool. move, Doug. It was like, cool deal, man. I was like coming to Cookville, making a special trip out of it. And you're just like, F you. I'm going to Atlanta. <laughs> He's wearing a gay ass uh, Hawaiian Cardinal shirt. It's it's embarrassing. So Lame. Go Braves. Braves will win. That's my Hickman. pick. Who's the best player in that Braves Cardinal series? Ronald Acuna. Oh, that's a great answer. Oh, High five. I totally thought you made that name up. <laughs> when you started off Ron, I was like, oh, he's going to say Ron Gant. <laughs> I do remember Ron Gant. Was he an outfielder? I don't know. Yeah. All right. Baseball. Well, <laughs> well, evidently, we got another baseball game the Dodgers and the Nationals. Why they pick teams from opposite coasts to play this game, I don't understand. But I'm here to tell the listeners that the Nationals will win this game behind the arm of Steven Strasburg, thanks to uh, that really good hitter that they have. Hickman, help me out. The guy they don't have anymore? Oh, they don't have this guy anymore? No, he's gone. Are you talking about Bryce Harper? Yes. (laughs) Well, (laughs) the ghost of Bryce Harper is going to help the Nationals take this one. This is bad if we're in a if we're in a scenario where uh, I am the second most informed on baseball. <laughs> it's uh, second most by a wide margin too, both ways. <laughs> so, hey, can I throw this out here? I think I know this. Haven't the Nationals never won a series? That's correct. Yeah, like That's ever, correct. ever. Well, I mean, they're not that old. What they're, they're came in yeah. like oh two or something. Something like that. Okay. So. I, I'm actually a. Uh, going with uh, the nationals just like logan said baseball savant over there well if you've seen our pick segment you know you should not go with what logan says that's true no uh i went with him because i think the dodgers i think strasburg's gonna pitch good and i think the dodgers are gonna start to press because they're they are by far the favorites to come out of the national league and i think the pressure may get to them so i'm gonna go nats as well I'm going to predict the Cardinals and the Dodgers. That's not who I want to win, but who usually wins in the postseason, the Cardinals and the Dodgers, right? They often win, so that's that's all. That's actually fair. Yeah. Well done, Matt Hickman. Boom. All right, well, here's something I know a little bit about, women in zoos. <laughs> there was in a which woman- order? <laughs> there was a woman, I don't know if you guys saw this video, who climbed in to the lion exhibit at the Bronx Zoo. She starts dancing. People stop, start filming, thinking she's part of the show going on with the lions. And then she starts taunting the lion, talking trash to the lion. Lion starts roaring back. I'm not sure what to make of this. Chris, what is going on with people thinking they can walk into an exhibit at a zoo? Um, so whenever I was putting the outline together this week, uh, the, the title of this segment is making sense of the week. And I put this on here, hoping one of y'all two can make sense of it because I got nothing. I don't know anybody in their right mind that just walks in. Hell, I wouldn't walk into the monkey exhibit at the zoo, more or less the lion one. 
Um, I, I feel like you hear stories about like kids falling into ex- exhibits. I don't know the last time I heard a story about somebody climbing into an exhibit, much less the lion exhibit. All right, boys, this is my time to shine. <laughs> I got an explanation. All right, hit, it, hit us with it. We're going to make sense. All right, so uh, as Chris previously mentioned, I have traveled a bit. I did spend a lot of time in Kenya. Now, one, what happens when you go uh, go there or other places in, in Africa? You get a lot of advice on how to deal with animals, okay? Because if you're you know here in the States where we are now, the most vicious thing you're going to encounter on a daily basis might be like a dog or a raccoon, right? So you're there, you could run into, it's possible, you could run into a, you know, an elephant or something super dangerous. And so you're naturally going to ask a question of somebody who lives there. It's like, hey, man, what would you do if a lion came up? Well, you know what? People like to mess with you. So they give you all kinds of crazy suggestions for how to do it. One guy said, oh, you stare a lion down, they'll back down. Another guy said, lions are all left-handed, so you approach them from their right side, and they're, they'll be fine. They'll run away. You're going to be okay. I was told with rhinos. Now this one, I believe if a rhino charges you, you wait till they're within like a couple of feet and then dive out of the way. Uh, it, with a hippo, you're told to run at a hippo and nope. then the hippo gets confused. That, and it, like, that nope. seems awful. Right. Nope. That's what I'm saying. So this person at whatever zoo they went to, I'm guessing they have previously spent time in another country where they got terrible advice of how to interact with some kind of animal and somebody told them, oh, no, what you do is you jump in and you wave your arms. The lion will back down. So they were trying this out. Uh, they were misinformed because somebody was having a laugh with them. And there you go. That's my theory. So you think this wasn't her first time in a lion exhibit? I think, oh, no, no. This is her, definitely her first time encountering one. But this is her first time employing the joke, you know, the advice <laughs> that was given as a joke to her. So that's, uh, that's, that's oh, my theory. This is a well, good that's a, that's a heck of a job trying to make sense of that because I got nothing for you. <laughs> Yeah, I, I made I made a valiant attempt there, boys. But I can make sense of this next uh, topic that we have: pre-game handshakes and post-game handshake lines. Richard Sherman comes out and said that on Monday Night Football, the 49ers were fired up and ready to trounce the Browns because Baker Mayfield snubbed them in the handshake line. Hickman, why are we still doing handshakes and pre-game handshakes and handshake lines? Make sense of this for me. Oh, it's just ceremonial sportsmanship's all it is. And if you see the video, Baker didn't like he didn't snub him. It was after after the coin toss was over over and he was running back to the sideline. Uh Sherman's always been somebody who likes to stir stuff up. I don't have a problem with handshake lines. I think it means something in hockey at the end of a playoff series when you line up and shake hands. You get you two boys are shaking your heads at me, but all right. Have you all shaken hands with people after a game? Does it ever matter? Unfortunately. Yes. And you always just what wanted to punch him in the face? Yes, absolutely. There are one or two nut nut checks going on there. A handshake line, I guarantee it. <laughs> yes, that's happened. A cheerleader once grabbed Andy Hicks' butt and going through a, <laughs> a line, which that was hilarious. But anyway, I, mean, I, I feel like in a handshake line, I go straight Christmas vacation when he's at the office and he shakes hands with the bosses, and then you're just talking <laughs> oh, trash to everybody funny. after that. <laughs> <laughs> I can I see mean, that. I mean, in high school, a handshake line is nothing more than. You know, you hope you get through with nobody punching each other. And, um, you know, if everybody shakes hands before the game and then goes out there and brawls in the middle of the game, nobody says, those boys had good sportsmanship. They shook hands before or after the game. I don't understand why we still do it. If you want to do it at Little League, go ahead. Try to teach the kids something. But 
after that, if the game means something, I don't understand it. Chris? Um, yeah, so the Sherman thing, he does like to just stir up some straight-up BS because he started off, it got him fired up, and the video came out that him and Baker actually shook hands before the <laughs> coin toss. <laughs> right. And then after that video came out, he kind of backpedaled and was like, well, it's the spirit of the thing. He just didn't have – he didn't give me enough handshake or whatever. It, Sherman's just – Sherman Sher- wanted a, a better hand job. Is that what he's saying? I guess so. Him and, him and Michael Bennett, like they're, they're in like a competition to see who can, who can have the most BS story to get their names in the headlines. They're just two guys I just don't like very much. So anytime Sherman opens his mouth, I just assume it's just dumb. So well, it is what it is. You would and handshakes in general. Though. You would assume Handshakes wrong. in general stupid. Because I don't know if you know, but um, Richard Sherman went to Stanford. No never way. Never would have known that. <laughs> in case he played like wide receiver there for his freshman year. Yeah, hmm. I think, didn't he catch a touchdown against uh, USC in that infamous game in 06? When they were like 41 point underdogs? Yeah, and they won. Yeah. All right, boys. We made sense of this week on an early, early week here. So let's move into our favorite our favorite uh, segment here, Chug Sip Rapport time. All right. We polled the Facebook group out there. We said, give us a drink for Chug Sip Rapport. Hickman, you chose the Sunny Delight. Yeah, I know. Sounds like a, sounds like a weak pick, but I, I bet you there are some polarizing opinions out there about Sunny Delight. Well, you I tell us. Because I've got one. So, I would choose. I, I would get Sunny Delight at the middle school cafeteria, thinking I was getting orange juice. You know what? It's not orange juice. It's terrible. So, uh, expecting it to be orange juice, you ever, like you take a sip of something in your brain, you expect it to be something, and it's something else. Sunny Delight may taste just fine by itself, but by me always thinking it's orange juice, I am pouring it out. It's terrible. Chris. Chug sip before that Sunny D. Uh, I had to go sip on this one because uh, I like to sip on it with some vodka in it. That's about the only way Sunny D's edible. So uh, I'm sipping. That's okay. it. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what is going on with Sunny D. I don't know how the FDA allows it to be sold. I don't know what's <laughs> in it, but it's awful. It's one of those things like when your parents wanted you to to eat healthy as a kid, and, and you asked for chocolate milk, and they'd bring you Ovaltine. Did y'all ever have that stuff? No. Where did you grow up and uh, when? Must be Kentucky. <laughs> Logan grew up in the 30s in Kansas. <laughs> so I would be drinking Sunny D and Ovaltine, and I oh. hated every minute of it. So just give, give me a glass of water. No need for Sunny D. I am pouring that stuff out. All right, Chris, chug, sip, or pour. The NFL coaches supposedly working 18-hour days. Yeah. Um, first off, I'm going to pour that out because there's no way in hell Mike Vrabel works 18 hours a day. <laughs> because if he does, he should play Madden for 18 hours in one day, and he would know how to manage a clock. So two weeks ago, Titans-Falcons are playing. Uh, the Titans are up 14 in the fourth quarter. They have the ball on about the 10-yard line, fourth and one. Any guesses on what he does? No. Oh, hell Mary. He uh, goes for it on fourth and one, which normally fourth and one, I'm like, okay, go for it. That makes sense. Yeah. But it's a 14-point game yeah, in the fourth quarter. Yeah. You go up three scores, you pretty much guarantee yourself the victory. Uh, they go for it. They don't make it. 
Um, yeah, that was that was two weeks ago. And then last week, um, there's six minutes to go in the game. You're down 14 to seven. So you're down seven points. You have the ball on the 36 yard line of whoever the Bills, the Bills 36. Any guesses on what you would do in that situation? Fourth and four? You definitely you, go for it. You kick the field goal so you can get the onside kick to win the game. There you go. Oh, okay. Yeah, they uh, <laughs> they had a kicker who was 0 for 3 for the day. They trot him out there for a 53-yarder. Because he he's what due. He did? Oh, he and was he, due, so of course he nailed it. Yeah, he missed it. And he missed it so bad they signed Cody Parkey, of all people. Oh, Mr. Goalpost um, himself. Yeah, so... <laughs> This topic's on here so I can rant about Mike Vrabel and how terrible he is. If he's working 18 hours a day, man, it's the most inefficient 18 hours a day I've ever seen. <laughs> Coaches working 18 hours in general, I, I'm pouring that out. It's a, it's a bunch of BS. Like in today's world, people like emphasize how much sleep helps. Sleep, like they encourage their players to get sleep. Maybe they should encourage themselves to get some sleep. And I mean, if you have to work 18 hours a day, are you really are you really being efficient with your time? Like hours i don't know 12 to 18 what are you doing like i just i just don't get it i think it's a mentality that's just it's a bunch of coach speak bullshit um it is what it is so pour Pigman, it out jug zipper pour 18 hour work days for nfl coaches i know they do it um i'm gonna pour it out i mean <clears throat> like somebody who's obsessed with details like belichick or reed or something yeah they do it there's no question about it um I've, I've worked a 17-hour day before. I think that's the closest I've come. Uh, I'm not an NFL coach or making anywhere close to that. That was a terrible, terrible day. So uh, I, I could imagine it's grueling. It's brutal. You have no family life at that point. So, man, pouring it out. So I'm going to go take a different take. I'm actually going to chug the fact that coaches work 18-hour days. But I think it's kind of like – when we're doing fantasy football preparation, do I do I doubt that coaches are at the stadium day in, day out, sleeping on couches and cots? No. But to Chris's point, I think they do sleep. I think they all take naps. I think that they, you know, have dinner with the other coaches. They all get together. I don't think they're just sitting there watching film for 18 straight hours. But listen, we all know, we all know that guy who spends more time at the office than he has to. For whatever reason, he's just more comfortable there than at home or whatever. I think these NFL coaches love the game. They love the people they're with. They do sacrifice their family. So I do I do chug it because I do think they actually do. But I'm with Chris. I don't know what you're spending your time on. You're not recruiting college kids. Like, you're just coaching football. How that takes 18 hours a day, seven days a week. I will pour that, but I will chug the idea that I think that's what they actually do. All right, Hickman, Chuck Sipper poor Cincinnati, University of Cincinnati Bearcats, tweeted out saying that they were going to play on the black turf. Uh, they ended up not doing it for UCF. But wh- where are you on this whole colored turf ordeal? It reminds me of the episode of The Office in the end of season three, <clears throat> excuse me, where Dwight briefly thinks he's manager and he repaints his office black to establish dominance. I think it has about the same effect. <laughs> it's just distracting and silly. Like, and maybe you, and if you're the home team and you match your black jerseys and your quarterback looks downfield, he's not even going to see anybody. So he just what doesn't throw to the person in the opposite jersey, and that could be completely get to the turf or possibly a receiver. Poor Chris. 
Uh, I'm going to chug this because uh, funny story about this. When I went to Tennessee Tech, my major is EXPW, also known as Court Coaching and Sports Administration. <laughs> um, and I had a project to do, and I used uh, Tennessee Tech uh, football as something they should do. I thought I suggested they should go to Purple Turf because Ooh. Purple Pride is their, their kind of motto. So I'm all for these schools Wait a minute. that are. Their motto is Purple Pride. They have signs all over the community that say Purple Pride. It's a fact. <laughs> I'm it is what it is. That you are lame, Tennessee Tech. Apply to be the marketing director at Tennessee <laughs> Tech. You got a shot. <laughs> you, you might. But I was schools. Schools that have nothing else going on, like uh, Eastern Washington has red turf. Boise has a blue turf. It's just something different. It helps with recruiting. Um, it does no harm for anything else except for those birds in uh, Idaho. I mean, they apparently kill themselves diving into the <laughs> blue turf. That's apparently a thing. Poor birds. But yes, pur- purple turf for tech was my idea. Uh, obviously, I don't have purple turf, so it is what it is. I'd chug it. All right. I'm sipping this, and here's why. I think black turf should be illegal. I think if you go with the all-black jerseys, we saw, what was it, Kansas a couple weeks ago do that where the guy laid in the end zone where it was blue and he had a blue jersey on. Nobody saw him. I think night night games with all-black on black turf, if you're the opposing quarterback, you don't see nobody out there on defense. So I understand if you're Cincinnati on defense wanting to do it, but I don't understand if you're on offense, how are you going to see anybody to throw to, why this is allowed um, it does look super cool, but I'm going to sip it because I think there are pluses and minuses to it. I just don't know why it's allowed. Become a triple option team and never throw the ball, plus the black turf. Wear all black. Boom. Six wins a year. Six wins. <laughs> all great right. strategy for Tennessee right now. Speaking of funky colors, Seattle wore their color rush neon green jerseys this past week. Hickman, Chuck Sipper, poor. The uh, the color rush. Ah, uh, oh boy. Sip. Some are great. Some are terrible. As we talked about last you know, a couple weeks ago, the Bengals have great ones. Uh, the I actually don't hate Seattle's funny story. Real quick, I remember the first time they ever wore them. Uh, it was back uh, years ago when we didn't have smartphones. I think it was two thousand and nine. Uh, and every Sunday, I was at a place traveling at that point in time where I had no access to internet or anything and one of you guys usually chris would text me about what was going on on that nfl sunday and chris texts me he's like you you've got to watch highlights tonight you will not believe what seattle wore so gave me a heads up way back in 09 that seattle was about to wear some or wore some ridiculous jerseys with matt hasselback or whoever they had back then um so yeah thanks for keeping me uh connected way back then 10 years ago but Seattle's I don't hate. I don't. There's they're harmless. They're kind of fun, ridiculous. Look like the late the Orlando Thunder of the old World League. You remember them? Same exact color. So no, nope, I do no, not. Don't. <laughs> 1990 to 91 to 92 World League football. Chris chugs it poor those Seattle color rush. Uh, I'm gonna chug them. Uh, I I like them a lot. They're different. Um, I guess the best thing I can say about them, they're not Jacksonville's color rush jerseys. They they have the absolute worst ones in the league. Those are terrible. Uh, I like it. It's different. I mean, it's just one game a year they wear them, so chugging it. Well, 
I'm poor in Seattle's color rush for two reasons. One, people think they actually have the best jerseys. And as Hickman clearly mentioned, the Bengals have the best color rush jerseys. And the two, Bengals don't even have the best in the AFC North. Wow. Whoa. You are rude. Um, but second, if you, as a jersey collector myself, if you've ever tried to go on eBay and buy a neon green Seattle jersey and you're trying to do it and pay less than a hundred bucks. Good luck. Can't do it. You cannot do it. Those things are hard to find, hard to get. So I'm pouring them out because people think they're better than the Bengals and they're not. And if you wanted to, to own one, you cannot. Also, if you want to know my AFC North favorite, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Love the all black. I'm shocked. I mean, I do too, but I did not expect that take. Lame. You also love the Bumblebees too, don't you, Chris? What are you oh. talking about, Bumblebees? Bumblebees are among the worst jerseys. The are you talking about their thro- throwbacks? Yeah, their throwback yeah, Bumblebees. Just, they, they are second worst to the Packers <laughs> throwbacks that are navy and I don't even know what color, brown. Yeah, that's <laughs> just awful. Terrible. No, nothing's worse than the throwback. Was it Wisconsin, whatever that college was, that their throwback was like khaki-colored pants? It was Wisconsin. They were wearing the Jim Harbaugh's pants. <laughs> oh, that was real bad. <laughs> <laughs> I love that they wore it the week after they beat Harbaugh, too. Um, Pretty good. All right. Last last topic here in Jug Zipper Poor. I don't know if you guys saw this, but the Navy, the United States Navy, they have confirmed that two leaked videos showing UFOs are in fact UFOs, unidentified flying objects. They are evidently really mad that these videos got leaked. Uh, strange, strange twist of events. The guy who leaked these used to be a member of Blink-182, who evidently quit the band because he was so obsessed with aliens and UFOs. Um, so the biggest thing to come out of this whole million people going to march on Area 51 was these two leaked videos that did show UFOs. Navy confirmed it. Chris, chug, zip, or pour UFOs and aliens? I'm pouring that out. It's all BS. Um, <laughs> I mean, the Monstars, are they real? Come on, oh, man. They're Come coming on, back. Man. I know that. They are coming back for a, for a sequel. And it'll go just as good as every other sequel known to mankind. Jordan greater than LeBron. <laughs> the roof is a ceiling so so basically acknowledging that something is in fact a ufo just means that you're not identifying all the small things in the air right that you just don't know what it is yes like, it is unidentified video could be grainy that's literally the definition so sure yeah yeah there's something in the air like the it wasn't captured right we don't know what it is Aliens yeah, in it? it? Say what? Were aliens in it? That, I mean, that's not the, like, that's just conjecture at that point, right? Somebody's got to drive them, Chris. <laughs> 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 I mean, self-driving cars are not legal right it, now. It was so. Will Smith. It was Will Smith with Jeff Goldblum, you know. Today we fight for our independence. So, Hickman, did you say you're chugging it? Yeah, I'm chugging it. I'm chugging it because there's, I mean, there could be a, that we don't know the totality of everything in the air. Earlier, I made a joke about a, uh, you know, Blink 182 lyric, but I don't know if you caught that. I did not because I don't did think not. I know any Blink Don't worry about lyrics. it. It was their most famous song. 
It was just all about the small things. I understand. Yeah, there we go. I am ch- I am chugging this because as I admitted last week, I'm a huge Will Smith fan. Without without aliens and UFOs, we do not get the uh, I don't know what you call it when there's three movies, but the trifecta of Men trilogy. in Black trilogy. Thank you, the trilogy of Men in Black, Uno, Dos, and Trace. My boy Will Smith coming at you. He also had that uh, Wild West song. That was- an awful movie. You are incorrect again. He was brilliant. Aliens and UFOs existed. So I'm chugging this because yeah. I got to have my boy Will Smith in another movie. Super fast. Did you know that Bad Boys 3 is about to come out in January? It's like the intersection of like, I remember going to see Big Mama's House 2 with you at the Dollar <laughs> Theater in Westtown Mall. And you you were just absolutely cracking up through the whole movie. I don't... <laughs> the uh, the first comment I read after I saw the trailer for Bad Boys Three was evidently Martin Lawrence has gained some weight. And the first comment oh, was, "Oh, I didn't realize they were doing the trilogy of Big Mama's House." <laughs> <laughs> Check out That's that trailer awesome. and tell me he's not uh, he's not gained a few lbs. That's all right. All right. Let's go to our, our our bet segment, the picking and grinning segment. Chris, where do we stand right now? Oh, where do we stand? I don't know which which spectrum you want to start on right there. Like, uh, let's start with the worst of the worst, and that would be uh, there's Logan's no need for picks. That. Yeah, there's no need for that. Uh, looking back at Logan's picks, he has yet to have a winning week through one, two. <laughs> Uh, four weeks. He's yet to have a winning week. His record's three and nine. If that's because fading, that's because I'm a Christian man and I don't believe in sports gambling. If, if you're if you're fading Logan, you're 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 winning some serious money. You're if welcome. You're betting like Logan, you're you're probably losing a lot of money. Uh, sec our second place is Matt Hickey Hickman. He is six and nine on this season. Oh, he, that's uh, not that's not by accident. Nice. <laughs> He's had one winning week this year, so uh, not much better than Logan, but it's still a little better. And uh, after a perfect week last week, uh, I'm in first place, eight and seven, eight and seven, actually winning just a little bit of money. So uh, yeah, that's where we stand. Also, please either tweet at us, uh, comment on the Facebook group. We we need something for the winner, like a prize for the winner or a punishment for the loser. Which will probably be Logan at this point. Yeah, let's Possibly focus both. on the let's focus on the prizes for the winner, please. <laughs> so I'll make a comment and we'll, we'll have suggestions on there for that. All right, Hegman, what are you picking that's going to have you grinning this week? All right, so I'm I'm uh, going with a pattern this week. Basically, the way this football season has gone is everything I might have wanted to happen, the opposite has happened. So I'm going to pick. Uh, based on those things. So first of all, I'm picking Mississippi State minus six at Tennessee. I think that's pretty good luck anyway. But uh, mm-hmm. is that guy, is that Knoxville sports radio dude really living on top of a building? I passed him three times today. Yes, he is on the top of the Toyota dealership. And he's <laughs> saying Eric Ainge or who? Uh, it's uh, Tyler Ivins. Uh, he is going to be up there until Tennessee wins. 
So he's going to be up there till the UAB game. When does the basketball team play? Oh, exactly. Exactly. I mean, this, he could be, he could be having his Thanksgiving Turkey up there, you know, at the Toyota dealer. So, wow. Anyway, that was hilarious. But, um, so anyway, I'm taking Mississippi state minus six. I'm going to take the chargers minus five and a half against the Steelers on Monday night. The Steelers are starting the immortal Devlin Hodges at quarterback. So, uh, where did he go to college? Hmm? Samford in near Birmingham. He broke Steve McNair's all time yardage record for that division. So that means nothing. And lastly, hey, uh, who do you think the Steelers are going to take with their first round pick this year? <laughs> preferably. <laughs> Preferably someone to tell them not to make moronic trades. I will, I will raise my hand to that job. Uh, lastly, um, I'm going to pick a team that has won twice this year in a game in which they turned the ball over four times. Twice that's happened. And another time when their starting quarterback was hurt late in the game and came back to win. So Damn it, chance poor. Winning in spite of themselves, I'm going to call a hashtag Gator win. So I'm going to pick Florida plus 13 and a half against LSU. Hey, you guys remember that time that we thought UCF was the best team in Florida? <laughs> and by we, you mean y'all too. Standing by, boys. <laughs> Shout out Johnny Daniels, big UCF fan on the Facebook page. Sorry, Johnny, but I don't, I don't think you guys will be able to claim a national title this year. I mean, if they were Alabama, they probably still would. They could, they could find a way. <laughs> All right, Chris, what do you got? What are you picking that's going to have you grinning? I'm going to go uh, Redskins minus three and a half at the Dolphins. The Dolphins have yet to cover a single uh, a single game this year. So until they cover a game, I'm picking against them. Don't Wait ask questions. I'm going to ask a couple of questions because okay, the Redskins don't they don't have a coach or a quarterback. Don't need them. Um, don't need them. <laughs> Not important. I mean, they're playing. They don't need them this week. They're playing the Dolphins. Uh, <laughs> if the Dolphins are going to win a game, it's this week. Have the Dolphins uh, had a single-digit line yet this year? Or is this the first one? Uh, they were single-digit against the Ravens somehow, week one. Oh, week one. Oh, okay. That makes sense. But after that, it's. I don't think it's been less than fourteen or fifteen and a half or something. Gosh. So, yeah, minus three and a half. I, I'm. I'm. Every single week from here on out is going to be. Minus however many against whoever's playing the Dolphins until they can cover spread, which hasn't happened yet. Next one, I'm going to go Chiefs versus Texans. Chiefs minus five and a half. They lost last week. I think they're going to be a little pissed off. Um, the Texans aren't smart enough or have the personnel to run it down their throat. So I think this is a matchup where the Texans will somehow have to outscore uh, the Chiefs in while the Texans' offense is good, I don't think they're outscoring the Chiefs. Well, if they keep throwing the Will Fuller, they will. That's true. 46 fantasy points. And the last one is Wisconsin minus 10 versus Michigan State. Um, obviously, probably going to be a low-scoring game. I I don't know how Michigan State's going to score the ball. So, I mean, Wisconsin, if they can get two touchdowns, they probably cover the spread. So, Wisconsin minus 10. I feel like that. I feel pretty good about that one. All right. Well, I'm going to skip ahead here because I'm taking Michigan State versus Wisconsin. I'm taking the over of 40 points. 
Chris seems wow. to think there's not going to be any points scored in that Is game. Wisconsin going to score 40? Well, they scored 48 last week. Uh, last, when they played Michigan, they scored 35, 61, 49. Um, I think they're hitting the 40 probably by themselves. Give Michigan 14 points, and that's a that's an easy done to take the over all day. Second matchup, University of Virginia, who actually has a very exciting quarterback right now. They are a four-win team going to Miami, and Miami's favored by one and a half. Give me UVA and the one and a half. I think they win outright. Um, Sorry, Virginia fans out there. <laughs> uh, you need to hammer that with, with your mortgage there, UVA plus one and a half. And then we got Seattle going to Cleveland. Um, Seattle is, you're giving Seattle a point there at minus one. Seattle's easily going to win that game. Uh, so give me Seattle at Cleveland with the point. Uh, I think they may win by double digits there. Um, so UVA plus one, Michigan State, Wisconsin over 40, and Seattle minus one. Well, that's it for this week. We're coming to you a day earlier. We had a few schedule changes. Um, one thing, hit us up on the Facebook page or on Twitter. Since my sports picks are not good, let us know if you want us to continue this format or if you want us to just pick a couple of big games and run through them each week so I can truly tell these, teach these guys how to pick a game or two. <laughs> I need to do something to right the ship. Chris, any closing remarks for us? Um, I don't, I don't have anything. Go Braves tomorrow. Hope you win. Uh, Pred pre season started, so uh, go Preds. Yeah, that's about all I got. All right, hit us up at Sports Nuts Pod on Twitter. Um, like and uh, and give us some comments there on the Facebook page, and give us a five star review. We're still looking for you, four star loser out there. Um, so if you want to show your face, let it be known. But until next week, this is the Sports Nuts and Beer Guts. See you guys.